Welcome to the Still Training Podcast. These are intended for our still-approved dealers and garden centres. If you're a still customer, thank you for listening, but please be aware that this episode may mention training resources and processes not available to the general public. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Still Training Podcast. Hello, and as the intro lady said, welcome to the podcast. Today is part one of three episodes covering hints and tips for a successful IMO installation. Over the next 15 minutes, I'll be speaking to product trainer Lee about IMO prep and setup, and then over to Demetrius from the Austrian IMO team to discuss installing docks. Finally, I'll be joined by Jordan from the Groundscare team to talk about cabling machines and how best to use them. And of course, if you enjoy this episode, there are two more on the IMO topic available, as well as plenty of others too. So as I said, this episode is aimed towards IMO dealers, new or experienced. We'll never be able to cover everything IMO in one episode, but we do hope to make IMO content a regular occurrence. The first topic today focuses on setting up the IMO before the install and is split into three different steps. Due to COVID travel restrictions, I wasn't able to chat with Lee in person, but I do have him on the phone, if you can hear me. Hello, Ruben. Yeah, I'm here. How's it going? Have you got snowed in? Uh, we, we've had a bit of snow, but it's uh, horrible and wintry, but we're, we're all tucked up inside with a nice brew. Love to hear it. So step one of machine preparation is in relation to C or PC IMO models. Can you just explain what this step is? Yeah, of course. So if uh, your customer has bought a C or a PC model, um, the C standing for connectivity, it means that this machine can be used with an app. This has to be set up on the IMO portal and the machine has to be registered. And this will send an activation link to a customer. And it's very simple. All you need to do is provide an email address and the serial number of the machine. Um, we recommend that you do this up to three days in advance of the installation when, uh, for when you're going on site. Because if you leave it till the day, there can occasionally be delays in the activation process. But uh, fear not, this uh, may sound a little bit uh, long-winded, but uh, there's instructions to do this. We've got a, uh, an IMO portal training module on still training that uh, follows through the process in detail. Nice. Didn't take as long to put a still training reference in there. Um, but what is the easiest way to find the serial number of the machine? So the, on the six series machines, uh, the easiest way to find the serial number is just to take the control pad out and you'll see it on a silver sticker that's just inside the tray where the... Um, where the control panel sits and on the four series machine if you look from the back of the machine to the control panel and just down there's a little silver sticker with that information on there on the four series cool so step one setting up on the imo portal in advance could you talk us through step two please next step is to check the imo for any software updates and we only do this as part of the pdi process we will not be recommending to um, update the software as part of a winter service and what this may do it may just improve performance but it's normally just uh, giving us bug fixes and things like that and to to perform the software update you need to connect to uh, still diagnostic software or sds and you'll need a diagnostics cable and that cable comes as part of the imo service kit that you get with the imo service docking station alternatively the part number for the cable can be found on ssc on the spare part system and like i say you'll only need to do this once on pdi we don't need to do this again as part of a winter service unless told to with a bulletin yeah, unless told to do so, yeah. And in, in which case, there'll be a technical bulletin that's emailed out or can be found on uh, any of the online systems. Great. And in the event that you need to backdate the software, is that possible? 
Yeah, it's quite simple. This can be done in SDS. You simply connect the machine up and then when it goes into the main menu, you will see uh, two tabs. One will be automatic and one will say manual. If you click on the manual tab, that will then give you a drop down menu of all the previous versions of software that have been allocated to that specific IMO and you just click the previous one and it will automatically update it to that specification. Got it. So the third point seems obvious, but it's to make sure that the battery is fully charged before you do the install. Could you just explain why this is important? Yeah, so the batteries tend to be delivered with between 40 and 60% of, of charge in the, in the battery itself. And in order to do a full perimeter check, you want the machine and install to be fully charged so it can complete that perimeter check. So when you've done all the hard work of installing the wire and getting everything ready, when it comes to do the perimeter check, if the battery doesn't have enough charge in it, it may not go out to do the perimeter check. And then, you know, you very, may very well be sat there with the customer uh, having a brew if they're generous enough to make you one. It's a good tactic then if you're trying to avoid going back to the office. Couldn't possibly recommend that, Ruben. No. No, of course not. And just one other small point to mention on that, that uh, it's something that becomes apparent at, at sort of like autumn time and, and early spring time is that there's temperature uh restrictions as well on when the IMO will go out around about four or five degrees so the IMO may not go out to do its perimeter check if the temperature is too low. Well thank you Lee that was really good. I think it's time now to move on to the second topic which is docking stations. The positioning of the dock and the perimeter wire is important and plays a big part in how successful an IMO install is. For an internal dock that's where the dock sits inside the mowing area. It's required to have the wire coming straight out of the dock for at least 60 centimetres before turning a corner. To find out why this is and what can happen if you don't do it, I spoke to Demetrius from the Still Tyrrell team. Hi Demetrius. Hi Ruben. Thanks for the invitation. Please can you introduce yourself? My name is Demetrius Atzel and I'm working here at Steel Dairol, which is the competence centre for wheel products. I am a product trainer and one of my favourite products is the IMO. And can you explain the significance of the 60 centimeters? If this 60 centimeter in a perfectly straight line are not respected, problems with docking will bob up. To understand why, you need to know that the IMO does his docking maneuver always the same way. So this 60 centimeter in a straight line are necessary to make sure that the IMO arrives straight on the docking station. Only if the IMO is starting its docking maneuver straight, the docking will be successful in any case. And just as a short supplement, it's at least 60 cm in a perfectly straight line for an internal docking station, and at least 50 cm for an external one. If you do more, it's fine as well. If you do less, it's not. So the numbers are a minimum, yeah. Regarding the dock and the perimeter wire, the manual also asks that the wires are twisted before being plugged into the dock terminal. What's the benefit of this? So the big benefit is you can accidentally mix up the wires. Now, it's necessary to twist them together, because otherwise they can lead to interferences and those interferences in the docking station can lead to problems while docking. Super, thank you Demetrius for your time helping us. So in summary, the software in the IMO relies on the 60 centimeters in order to reliably find its way into the dock. And the wires are twisted before the terminal to cancel out the signal and reduce the risk of it confusing the docking process. Right, on to the third and final topic, which is cable lane machines. I've got Jordan with me to talk through this. Jordan, can you introduce yourself? 
Hello, um, I'm Jordan. I am the grounds care field support for Still. So I cover the south part of the UK, um, covering anything grounds care, but primarily focusing on the IMO robotic lawnmower. Perfect. And I'm going to ask you some questions in regard to uh, the cable lane machines. So before we kind of get into the meat of it, are there any gardens you'd consider too small to use a cable lane machine? Um, I mean, we wouldn't say that there's any garden too small. Um, really, any garden that you have access through, um, through the side of the property so you can get the machine into the garden, then that garden is fine. We would really say if you can use a cable layer, use a cable layer because it's a lot of it's a much more professional looking machine if the garden is so small and there's lots of tight intricate turns and cornering then maybe you'll be better to, to hand peg because the cable layer is a little less accurate um, however a cable layer is better in terms of allowing smooth cornering with the cabling so then the, the imo can actually transition around the corners a lot more efficiently the customer's paying a price for that installation. So I think using the cable layer, it looks more professional. And it looks like something they wouldn't have been able to do themselves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can you get some some customers that might look at you hand-pegging and think, oh, I could do that myself, or I could get my nephew to do that for me. So it just adds that sort of element of professionalism. Definitely. What are some practical considerations for people to think about before they set to work using the cable lane machine um there are lots of things to sort of take into account primarily at your uh, pre-site survey whether that's a few days or a few weeks before the actual installation date um it's ensuring that you know exactly where all your electrical cables irrigation systems tree roots are around the perimeter of the garden the last thing you want is to cable lay through somebody's electrical cable uh, irrigation system and then obviously you don't want to be hitting tree roots because that could actually damage the cable laying machine itself. Always use a thicker cable on a cable layer. They can they can snag every now and then. So I would recommend using a cable 3.4 millimetres and above um, on the cable layer. And that obviously gives you generally a bigger drum of cable as well. So you can actually go further without having to join new bits of cable onto each other. And how might the ground conditions affect how it works with a cable lane machine? Does it have a big impact? There's only so much preparation to the ground that you can really do. There have been cases where, you know, people have used a cable layer and they're very, very dry. And actually the groove that the cable layer creates doesn't close up again. And then over time, if it continues to be very dry, that can actually dry out further, crack and really open up and expose the cable. So in those sort of extreme circumstances, we would recommend, you know, hosing down the perimeter of the garden if you can with with water just to make it a little bit, um, add a little bit of moisture so that it closes back up again. And I, I would stamp my foot down on top of the groove just to ensure that it, you know, is closed up as much as possible. Yeah, something to be wary of. Without going into too much detail, how much time can a cable lane machine save you compared to doing the pegging yourself? Yeah, I mean, I would say a cable lane machine will cut an installation time between 60 and 70%. So, you know, if if you're doing an installation hands and knees that, you know, could take you all day, I'd expect the cable lane machine to be able to do it in a couple of hours. There'll always be aspects that you'll still need to hand peg, especially around the docking station and if you're ensuring guide loops. But apart from that, it's, it could all be done with the cable layer. Okay, cool. And finally, are there any tips that you've gained from your experience that could make the life of somebody who's listening to this a lot easier if they were using the machine themselves? Yeah, I mean, 
I would say before you've even got started, it's a really good idea to take some biodegradable sort of spray paint with you and walk the perimeter and just put a, a, a dot on the ground where you need to stop, think and do something. So if you're going to be doing a lollipop up to a tree or around a flower bed, or if there's a tree root, you know, you've got to avoid or an irrigation system you need to avoid is just to put a, a blotch of spray paint on the floor just to because when you're using the cable it's very easy to sort of lose track and just get in the keep zone going forwards and you get in the zone exactly then i would say walk the perimeter obviously doing the spray but also walk the perimeter in the other direction as well because it's very easy to miss some things and you actually see it from a different perspective and then most importantly i would say you want to have the lawn cut and collected a day or a few days before the installation to make sure that the grass length is short. If that can't be done, especially if it's a big area or the customer doesn't have a lawnmower they can do that with, it's really important to cut the perimeter before you lay the cable. Because what you don't want to do is cable lay or even hand peg cable on top of long grass. Because as that grass then grows, it pushes the cable back out the ground. I see, yeah. But if you've got nice short grass, it means that you can lay the cable underneath the grass right down into the soil. And it disappears from view a lot quicker that way as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And as Demetrius said earlier, it's really important that the wiring is accurate around the docking station. So as I said, hand pegging around the docking station is really, really important to make sure you get your 60 centimetres of straight cable out the side of the dock. And from that point, you can then cable lay. Good stuff. Jordan, thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thank you very much. To summarise the points we've discussed today, we've talked about preparing the machine in three different steps. That includes registering the customer on the IMO portal about three days in advance before the install, making sure that the machine is updated and also making sure that it's fully charged before the install too. We talked about the importance of the 60 centimetres of straight perimeter wire out of the internal dock and also the importance of twisting the wires before they go into the terminal. And finally, we've heard about why using a cable lane machine is a much more efficient and time effective way of doing an install. Thank you very much for listening. For more episodes, training videos, e-learning courses and more, please visit stilltraining.co.uk. If you have a topic you'd like to hear on a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know by emailing learning at still.co.uk. Thanks for listening.